Good evening world and welcome to Haunting Season. Last week I told the true story of how a dead cat taught me a lot about dead bodies. And I just couldn't help but see a scary story in there ripe for the writing. So I went to work clacking away on my keyboard and came up with something wicked. Like all of my stories, this episode is designed for your ears and features a 360 degree soundscape that is best listened to in the dark with headphones. Now flick off the lights, find a safe space, and prepare yourself for Haunting Season. The snow was coming down with a weight that kept the road buried. Only the organization of the street lamps was keeping the car on course. We shouldn't have come, Dean said under his breath, but Amanda had good hearing. Not letting her kill him. Dean kept his eyes focused out the windshield while Amanda burned a hole in the side of his face with one of her signature stares. The driveway was steep, even for four-wheel drive, so they parked the beast at the bottom of the hill and hiked up to the front door where Amanda dug recklessly through her oversized purse. The house towered over them, cold stone stacked in place, an impenetrable fortress. Dean's high tops were soaked through and his toes were starting to go numb. He had a penchant for underdressing that dated all the way back to middle school when he discovered the clash and the sex pistols for the first time. You sure they're not home? Because this could really suck if they are. My month's flight got canceled and Eddie's stuck in a hotel in Connecticut. Shit, where is it? You had the whole car ride, Amanda. Amanda cut him off. Can you go around the side and look in the cat door? Time's usually in the garage. We might not need the key. Dean let out a big, purposeful sigh. What did he need toes for anyway? The top layer of the snow was starting to freeze, announcing a loud crunch at every step. With luck, their tracks would be covered by the time they left, as long as the sky kept dumping. These houses are ridiculous, Dean thought, crunching his way to the end of the dining room window and down the path towards the driveway. A castle for just two people. Dean grew up poor, living in a two-bedroom apartment with his folks, grandma, a sister, and two brothers. It was tight, but it worked. The thought of having so much unused space seemed inefficient, to say the least. What's the opposite of claustrophobic? Fuck! Face first in the snow. God damn it, that's cold. Watch the stairs, Amanda called from the stoop. Find the key, Dean barked back. There was no real point in brushing off. Dean shoved his stiff hands inside his hoodie pocket and rounded the corner. Three-car garage. Who could believe anyone could need a three-car garage? A neighborhood could live in this house. The garage doors were those annoying kind with the faux handles that make them look like carriage house doors. You can imagine a young 18th century lad gripping the fancy curved metal and tugging gently to reveal the horses already latched to their carriage for a ride into the village. But there are no horses inside. Just Eddie's old Mustang and a boring looking Jaguar for fancy nights out when you want to ditch the limo and drive yourself. Dean tried the handle on the first door. Magnetic, what a joke. Even with all this money, you're still just playing house. The snow was knee deep up here on the hill, keeping the cat door hidden, but there was a burrowing by the front of a small white door on the far end. Tom was most certainly inside. Smart little guy, must have just showed up. The doorknob was cold enough to grip onto Dean's bare skin, now that his hand was warmed up a little. Locked, 
course. I'm gonna die of pneumonia out here, he thought as he kicked the snow aside and lowered his face to the little animal door, pushing the flap inward. The air from the garage barely felt a degree different from the outside. Nothing could still be alive in here. What's the point of rescuing a cat that's already dead? And that's when he saw the soft, warm light of the kitchen hallway spilling out onto the floor. The door of the house was open. Maybe mother-in-law wasn't such a cold-hearted bitch after all. Something on the far side of the garage made a noise, a low, guttural stomach-type noise. Dean pushed his head in a little further, trying to see, but the protective cover of the old Mustang draped the floor and obstructed his view. Tom? The grumbling responded. And then, ringing? A high-pitched tone in Dean's ear started to distract him. Was it in his head? It was loud, almost painful. Is this what you hear when you start to freeze to death? Startled, Dean's head cracked against the top of the guillotine pet door. The house alarm, Amanda, you idiot. Scrambling to his shriveled, frozen feet, he ran for the front door, crunching through the snow like a recruit through tires in an obstacle course. Across the driveway, around the corner, a man ah, smacking his shin on the damn hidden stairs. Dean was face down again and on the verge of losing it. No cat is worth this much. Pushing his head above the sheet of ice, he could see a clear shot of the front door. Amanda was gone, and so was the alarm. She must have remembered the code. Somehow, it was warmer in the snow. Dean let his head down for just a moment, just a tiny, restful moment. Walking in the snow was a full-body workout, and he deserved a rest. Just a peaceful second of stillness, listening to the white noise of the snow pattering like soft typing. Or was it angry typing? The kind of angry typing that resulted in the text message that started this whole ridiculous trip in the first place. I'm putting your cat down when I get back from my trip. You obviously don't care about him, and I'm sick of looking at him and buying cat food. Mother-in-law was a bitch. Dean had the rest of his life to convince himself otherwise, but now his clothes were soaking through. He had to get inside. After making his way to the front door, he pressed his face against the window and saw snowy tracks leading from the kitchen up the white carpeted stairs to the second floor. Locked. Your daughter's a bitch too, he thought, and immediately regretted it. No, no, she's just in her own little world as usual. This was a rescue mission and Amanda had her eye on the prize. There were a lot of feelings around your first animal and the fact that she cared this much was one of the reasons Dean married her in the first place even if she did put him last. Her tracks outside were somewhat visible still, which led Dean to the open window that he too scrambled inside, flopping in a pile of clumped snowballs on the warm Afghan rug of the den. The phone rang, and in the distance, he heard Amanda answering in her best faux British. Hello, this is she. 7675, yes, I'm sorry. We had gotten stuck on the road this afternoon. It slipped my mind. She was too good at that. This was the sound of a woman who was comfortable forging payments from her mother's checkbook. There was no doubt that she had before, but how much, Dean didn't know. As the surroundings soaked in, Dean eyed the big basket of blankets, grabbed two and made his way through the kitchen and down the hall towards the garage, stopping for a moment to peel off his soaking wet clothes and stuff them in the dryer. A thump upstairs gave him pause. She must have checked the garage already, but had she heard the grumbling? Amanda! Nothing. 
He pressed go on the dryer and with blankets wrapped tight, stepped back into the hallway. More grumbling from the garage. Maybe she had skipped looking in the garage because the door was open or because she knew Dean was looking through the cat door. Might as well see. Dean made his way to the end of the hall, casting a long, cold shadow across the pool of light on the garage floor. Could the car be making that noise? Old cars did weird things when they were left alone for a long time. No way. It was an upset stomach, or, or a hungry stomach. I bet they didn't leave any food for the poor guy. Dean could hear Amanda clunking down the stairs, no doubt exactly as she did in high school. The two wooden steps were warm compared to the cement floor below. He had just started to get feeling back in his toes, but that didn't matter now. The gurgling was louder, coming from the far side past the Mustang and just below the window. Oh my God! Dean, you're a genius! Amanda's voice boomed from the laundry room. I'm so getting in on this! Dean didn't answer. He was now past the Jag and approaching the Mustang. Closer to the window, he could see that it was getting dark outside, but he could still make out the beast parked at the bottom of the driveway. It was getting buried in the snow. If they didn't get out soon, the plows might block them in. This was a lot of snow to shovel aside. We should have sex in my mom's bed. He was getting close. Dean? Amanda's bare feet pattered on the cement as she pranced into the garage wearing nothing but her pink panties. Hey, are you naked under there? I, I think I found Tom. Oh my God, is that your stomach? I guarantee the fridge is full. No, um, Amanda, I think, I think that's Tom. I think he's sick. Amanda rushed over, flush with his shoulder, just as Dean rounded the Mustang to see the thing on the floor, the blood-soaked, bulging, pussy thing. What the fuck? It was Tom, all right. But the gray tabby with the cute white nose was swollen three times his normal size and groaned like a sinking ship. Oh my God, Tom, what did they do? Amanda's knees thumped against the floor, hands hovering unsure of whether to touch him or not. Tom's head, far too small for his swollen body, turned and looked at her with glazed, distant eyes pointing in different directions. I think he had a stroke, Dean. Go get some water. The cat's body grew a little, lumps moving around inside its belly like, like, is Tom a girl? Oh, he's my little boy. Isn't that right, Tommy Cat? Then. What's the sound as a whole was indescribable. Flesh tearing across Tom's belly like Velcro. Wet sloshing of blood and pus splattering the floor and ceiling. I bet Eddie was double glad he used car covers now. Then came the rattling of tentacles as they stretched out for the first time, and the crackling of bones as Tom's ribcage opened like teeth. It had all happened in a pop that left Dean frozen, eyes closed dripping in the cat's fluids. Amanda backed away from the creature, pulling herself up by Dean's wrist and wiping her eyes with the blanket that was still draped around his shoulders. Dean could feel her moving, but the blood was in his eyes now and the light was so dim. Tom's new mouth snapped closed with a crunch, the rib bones making room for the tentacles to swing freely. His little head, still very much a cat, 
turned and looked at Amanda again as if asking for help. Do something, Dean! All he could do was stare. The long, slippery-looking tentacles groped the floor with their wide, webby ends and then shot out of the living carcass and grabbed Amanda's ankle, causing her to fall back and crack her head on the cement. The thick liquids made it easy to drag her body closer to its mouth. She didn't scream. Amanda was never a screamer. She just grunted and groped for the car tire, a crack in the floor, anything to pull herself out of the grips of death. Death by evil cat. What a way to go. Dean, still frozen in fear, twitched with inaction. This isn't happening. I'm face down in the snow outside, freezing to death. Well, a welcomed alternative, his thoughts were dreadfully wrong. Inches from the jagged ribbed teeth, Amanda, desperate, snatched Dean behind the knee and watched as it buckled, toppling him headfirst into the mouth of the thing. The tentacles released her ankle and focused on keeping its new meal. Tom's ribs crunched through Dean's chest and shoulders, gripping, sucking, with the muffled whimpering of Dean's head inside. At least it was warm in there. Amanda slipped her way across the three-car garage to the small white door and pushed, but the snow was too thick. It wouldn't budge. Looking back, the tentacles were coming around the back of the car. Tom was still hungry, or at least wanted to gather before feasting. She slammed her shoulder against the door, but it was no use, not even a budge. Could doors freeze shut? She dropped down to her stomach, barely noticing the cold against her skin as she forced her right arm and then her head through the tiny cat door and into the snow. Her left shoulder caught on the plastic door flap at the top of the frame. She could feel tongue coming closer. She could hear the wet slap and drag, foot by foot, closer and closer. The tentacles were long. It would be here quickly. Amanda dug her fingers into the snow and gripped the icy pavement beneath and pulled hard until there was a pop in her left shoulder and white pain flashed behind her eyes. With one arm now useless, she pulled again, muscling her torso through the tiny portal to freedom. Her bare breasts scraped against the metal opening, mixing her blood with Tom's. If she had a moment to think, she might have wondered if she would turn into one of those things now too but the tentacles were at her feet. She had to focus everything, every thought, every muscle on getting out. She pushed through the pain, toes pressed against the thing's awful matted fur, and leaving a red streak behind, she staggered to her feet and sprinted for the car, trying not to look back, never wanting to see her little Tommy cat again. But she did look back. When she remembered the car keys rattling on top of the dryer, she looked back just long enough to lose her footing falling face first on her naked, blood-soaked chest, crunching through the ice and sliding down the steep driveway into the street. The plow driver never saw her, just a red streak down the length of the driveway after he felt an unexpected bump, a streak like a red carpet, leading to the show of a lifetime. I hope you enjoyed my story. I love reading everyone's thoughts in the comments, so don't be a stranger. And if you're new here, welcome. If you want more scary stories like this one, subscribe. I've got new episodes every Friday. I'll see you next week. Haunting Season was created by Joshua Sterling Bragg and is a joint production of Believe Limited and Mac Gillen. This episode was written, performed, shot, and edited by me, Joshua Sterling Bragg.